0: Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Poison Root, Chapter 3, Monk's Retreat It was as if he was transported suddenly. A darkness without end surrounded him, and he was floating through it. Ahead of him, a vast white floor stretched out to the horizons, and Tripp suddenly realised that he was plummeting towards it, unstoppably fast. He screamed, but the rush of air took the sound away, and then he fell through the whiteness and continued to drop. Something sounded off to the left, hard to make out. He tried to angle his fall closer. Words. A voice. It calls, it was saying. Calls you. You must go on to the... A horse whinnied, drowning out the voice. With a sudden jolt, Trip woke up. He opened his eyes, a gasp escaping his lips. Almost immediately, he blinked and felt his eyes tearing up against the light. It was day. How long had he slept? The dream fragmented like dust on the breeze. Feeling every ache from his desperate flight from the monastery, he levered himself up onto his elbows and looked around. He was in a small stable, the only other occupant of which was a tall and slightly portly horse, Chewing on something. It looked down at him, completely uninterested, as Tripp got slowly to his feet. Good boy, he said, gingerly patting the horse on its nose. It continued chewing, paying him no attention, and he backed away and out of the stable. The house was a few metres away, or would have been. Instead, there was a pile of rubble with intermingled greenery already turning brown and crispy. It was wound round bits of broken furniture and shards of glass. Victor was walking over it, occasionally stopping to poke things or move something aside, his head bent and shoulders slumped. He suddenly looked very old. Um, the boy began. Victor turned to look. You're awake, he grunted. Good, good. Thank you for saving me last night, Mr. John. Hmm, Victor replied, picking something up and discarding it. I'm, I'm sorry this happened, Mr. John. ''Your fault, is it?'' Victor said, keeping his back to Trip. ''This... plant, whatever it was, it was following me. I led it here. I'm responsible. I... I should go.'' Tripp sighed and looked around. It was just like the monastery, more senseless destruction and death following him everywhere. His vision blurred as he saw again the carnage at the library, his arms feeling like dead weights at his side. Why was he so useless?'' Why hadn't he been able to help? He turned and started to walk towards the edge of town. Boy, he heard Victor say. Boots crunched on the rubble behind him, then bony hands held his shoulders fast. Where are you going? Rootholm, Tripp replied. He stared off down the street, back towards the monastery. He heard Victor sigh. Why'd you come to find me last night? Trip turned around. "'tears streaming down his face. "'I knew you were here, like I said. "'Thought you could help.' "'He sniffed and wiped his nose on the sleeve of his habit. "'I was going to pay you,' he muttered, "'feeling in his pocket and drawing the medallion out again. "'Somehow it had survived the mad flight through the cottage. "'The small inscription, in no language Trip had ever read, "'sparkled in the morning light. "'Victor looked down at the ground suddenly. "'Ah, there it is,' he said, crouching down and picking something up. It was the framed picture of the woman which had sat on Victor's table. The glass in it was broken. Victor carefully removed two fragments, and then pulled the picture away from the frame. He stared at it for a moment, unknowable emotions flickering across his face. "'What would you do, Ramira?' he murmured, almost too quiet for Trip to hear. Then he seemed to shake himself and come back to the moment. "'I see that,' he said, taking the amulet out of Trip's hands." He turned it over and over, then held it up to the light and looked closely through it. "'This is a pretty jewel indeed. Reckon it can buy my services to Rootholm. He put the medallion in his pocket and stuck out his hand. Trip shook it, not entirely sure how to react to buying someone's services. "'So, are you my bodyguard now?' "'Maybe. We'll see,' Victor said, frowning. "'We need supplies, lad. Stir yourself.' get to the general store, and tell old man Hicks that Victor Jun's calling in the favour with the giant rats. Then get yourself back here, quicker we leave, quicker I can get back to retirement. Yes, Tripp said, and before he could help himself scampered off into the village. It was mostly single-storey buildings built around the small tree's shrine at the centre of the square, and even early in the day it was bustling with people. Market stalls took up most of the space, about three quarters of them seeming to sell variations on a theme of dead animal, and Trip felt his stomach turning at the sight of so much meat. He headed for the large general store in the centre, flanked by a bowyer and a cartwright. Boxes of fruit were stacked under the awning, and a selection of bags and parchments were on display. The shopkeeper barely came over the counter, and was dwarfed by his enormous moustache. He had his hands in the pocket of his striped apron, and had just finished smiling at a woman as she left. When he saw Trip, his eyes narrowed, but the smile stayed in place. "'Can I help you, young sir?' he asked. "'I've come from Mr. Jun's house, sir,' Tripp began, somewhat hesitantly. "'I saw the rubble. Talk of the town. Some of us went over there this morning, but, well, Victor's not the sort to take help, is he? Can I help you?' Tripp cleared his throat. "'Well, you see, Mr. Jun sent me over here to get some things. Supplies, for a journey.' The shopkeeper's smile dissolved. Mm, "'I see.' and I suppose he doesn't want to pay for these things. Or more accurately, you don't want to pay for them. I've hired Mr. Jun to take me to Rootholm, and Mr. Jun is retired, lad. I highly doubt you're going anywhere with him. Now, are you buying anything, or not? Mr. Jun sent me, sir. He's going on a journey, with me. He needs the things his house was... Young man, the shopkeeper said, placing his hands on the counter and looming over Trip. You are either going to buy something, or you are going to leave. Which is it? Trip closed his eyes and let the words come unbidden from his memory, his voice dropping into the old fighter's rough accent. Supplies for a journey. Mr. Jun said, Tell old man Hicks that Victor Jun's callin' in the favour with the giant rats. Then get yourself back here. Tripp felt a sneaky kind of satisfaction in seeing the storekeeper's face fall and his shoulder slump. That does sound like Victor. I can go and get him if you want. "'I'm sure he has lots to do. He probably won't be very happy,' Tripp said. The fat man sighed. "'Root, home,' you said. "'You'll need at least four weeks' trail food. A water-skin each.' He started to move quickly around the shop, picking up first a large knapsack and then several other items which he placed inside it. Within minutes, Tripp was walking back through the town towards the ruined cottage, feeling ever so slightly like a thief. By the time he got back to the rubble pile, Victor had changed into a pair of thick trousers and a coat that looked like it was made from the pelt of a snow bear. Tripp's eyes widened. Is that... the skin of the bear you killed with only your teeth, in the treacherous mountains of Tsar? The one that almost cost you your left lung and four of your toes? He reached out a hand to touch the fur. Victor's hand was faster, grabbing the boy's fingers before they could make contact. No, it's not, he said shortly, then turned away, releasing Tripp. He picked up a small pack that was leaning against the wall of the house and held it a moment as if testing its weight. Where did you kill the bear for that coat, then? Is there one of your stories I haven't read? Tripp said. Victor turned and Tripp quailed under the full force of his scowl. I won this off a two-bit gangster, playing cards, and you do well not to listen to everything you read, boy. The man I won it from, he were drunk, and when I won, he decided I was cheating. Want to know the game he was playing? Tripp could only nod mutely as Victor's face crept closer and his voice dropped lower. It was called, Little boys will ask too many questions, get dropped off at the nearest monastery, payment or none. Now, are you ready to leave? Tripp nodded. You get what we need, Victor said, adjusting his belt. Tripp gave him the bag. Victor looked inside it briefly, nodded, and thrust the pack back at Tripp. He gave him a long look. One thing, boy before we leave. Yes, sir. Your parents. I asked about them last night, and you never answered. Where are they? Were they... Uh... Trip shook his head vigorously. No, they're researchers, part of the church. I see them once a year, but their duties keep them away. He looked down. It's just the way we do things in the church. We don't see our parents until we're fully grown, trained, till we have a profession. Seems wrong, how they know you're alive. They wouldn't know normally, but you're right. They might worry. After we get to Rootholm, I'll get a message to them. Victor grunted, and without another word turned and walked around to the front of the house, leaving Tripp holding the pack. With a deep sigh, he slung it onto his back and followed.